0: Alright, right, it's Saturday, October 2nd. I'm coming to you from Bonifay, Florida, and I probably won't put this out until Monday or Tuesday, but I'm trying to get it done before the puppies wake up and start making all kinds of noise and chewing on my cables. Uh, We are going on almost six months in the box this year. We have a very nice box with wheels on it um, that we live in on the road, but it is a box, and I am getting a bit claustrophobic. I'm going to talk to you today, The Risk of Art, Part 3. This will bring a conclusion to this particular series, Um, but a quick review. I'm I'm going to land on how do we hear God's voice when we're trying to, we're getting ready to take a big risk. That'll be toward the end of this podcast, but share some scripture with you, some new new insights, you know, really uh, speaking to myself here, trying to relearn some things, learn some new things. Uh, I do want to Always, uh, well, let me say this: We had a great event yesterday at Northwest Florida Reception Center, main unit. Thank you for sending us out here. Um, things were—we've been to this prison more than any other prison since we started. Wonderful chaplain, wonderful administration. Now hasn't always been that way, but uh, they were just amped to see us show up. There's been a lot of doom and gloom there. COVID problems, a couple of deaths on the compound. There was some violence yesterday that shut down half the compound. So there was a real heavy spirit. We put on a two-hour and 15-minute show for those guys, and we could just feel it lift. Gave them a reason to clap and sing and dance and worship the Lord. And uh, so thank you so much for sending us out here. Um, I... People aren't paying for this, by the way. I did the last one. I talked about um, lamb exterminating. Uh, Businesses that I really want to prosper. I want them to take new risk. I want their businesses to grow because I know they have a generous heart toward the things of God. They give to Life on the Verge, but I know they have a generous heart to give to the work of the Lord anywhere. So no one's asking me to do this. And if you'd like me to do this in a podcast for your business, your idea, your ministry, whatever... Uh, I will certainly do it. I will shout it out. But I just thought about my cousin, Ricky Shicalis, who I used to babysit when he was a child. I was just a few years older than him. Uh, He started from scratch, a roofing and siding company, a couple of decades ago now. He's in the Hampton Roads area, Norfolk, Virginia Beach, Newport News. They've even done work as far as Gloucester, Virginia. Roofing and siding. And I vouch for Ricky with all my heart, not just because he gives to Life on the Verge, um, but because he does excellent work. You can look him up online and see the reviews. So if you need a roof or you know somebody that needs a roof or siding work on their house, Ricky, R-I-C-K-Y, dot S-H-A-K-A-L-L-I-S.com. RickyShikalis.com, 757-724-6007. Check it out. I don't even think Ricky listens to this podcast, by the way, but I, I do want him to prosper uh, because I know he's generous toward the things of God. So we're talking about risk. And we define that as a situation involving exposure to danger, harm, or injury. When we get ready to take a risk, we want to hear God say, go. That's what we want. It's not always clear, and we can miss it. Listen, we, through sin, invited thorns and thistles into this world. And there's a lot of distortion, a lot of sin, a lot of noise. And so we can get it wrong, but we want to do the best we can to get it right. We want to hear the voice of the Lord. So we'll get to that in a second. But I was, I was out riding my bike probably a couple of weeks ago, and I heard a song I'd never heard before on a blues rock playlist by a guy named Smokin' Joe Kubek, and his partner, Benoit King. Now, Smokin' Joe has died since this song was recorded. Uh, but uh, this song came on called Better Be Getting On It. And I'll just read a couple of lyrics to you. Guessing again, my mind in a whirl. this time it's not about a girl. It's about time, how it's running out, this thing called life, what it's all about. Life is a mystery and it won't last too long. Well, whatever you're going to do, hey, you better be getting it on. You know, there's a scripture that kind of speaks like that. In Psalm 90, verse 12, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The New Living Translation teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Whatever we're going to do, we better be getting it on. We know that God wants us to prosper. We talked about that in the last episode, the biblical definition of prosperity, a successful journey, right? Um, we, I mentioned the scripture, the, the Lord has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. That's actually in Psalm thirty. 527. I looked it up this morning. And the word prosperity there means completeness, soundness, welfare, and peace. Even in adversity, God can prosper us like that, can't he? Even if the car breaks down, the house burns down, uh, the doctor gives us a bad bad report, we can still have a sense of peace, a sense of welfare, that we're in God's hands And so the other definition of prosperity I gave you means to advance, to have success, which means to have the progressive achievement of worthwhile goals. We should all be striving and believing God for forward motion in our lives, advancement in our lives. We're not who we want to be, but we're not who we used to be spiritually first, but then also in these practical things, these practical matters of uh, influence and impact with our lives, in our families, in our businesses. We want to prosper, and God wants us to prosper. And even in in adversity, no matter what we're going through, listen, Daniel prospered even though he was a captive in Babylon. You know, the, the During the COVID lockdowns, Life on the Verge actually came out of the lockdowns in better shape than we went in. We came out with a good infection project underway that's still underway that involves another 20 volunteers putting the stuff together and shipping it out every quarter. It involved a bunch of different people that have donated their songs and their books and their videos. Um, We came out of the lockdowns with a brand new album that we, you know, wrote some of it, uh, recorded the whole thing and produced it and printed it, duplicated it, and we're doing songs off of it. We did all that during the lockdown. God prospered us even during the lockdown because we said, just because all these bad things are happening around us, we're not going to shrink back. We're going to press into it. Uh, we came out with some Pro lyric videos, and we came out with a in better financial shape than we went into it, which is crazy to think. Uh, so all of us, as we're trying to journey from A to B, you know, we're at A, but we want to get to B. That journey can be sometimes treacherous and challenging. And it's always going to involve faith. It's always going to involve our trust in God. And it's always going to involve risk. I was reading Psalm 32 uh, yesterday, and I came across this in verse uh, 8 of Psalm 32. David is kind of speaking prophetically as if God is speaking. He says, "'I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you.'" Now, when I look at a scripture like that, I immediately look at the key words like instruct, teach, and way. I probably should have did counsel, too. But I looked at those three words, and I said, hmm, wonder what those words really mean when when they were written down in Hebrew. So I go to BibleHub.com, and I use the lexicon, and uh, I do this all the time. I want to know what the original words were. And that word instruct means to act wisely. The word teach means to shoot like an archer, and the word way means road, journey, or distance. Now, I almost immediately got the picture of an archer aiming to hit a specific target. And in order to do so, there must be precise aim and tension as the archer pulls the bow back. Now, God has promised... That we will land where he wants us to land if we'll stay close to him. As a matter of fact, the next verse says, Don't be like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. In other words, don't be stubborn. Stay close to God, and he will cause us. If we were the arrow, he will cause us to land where he wants us to land. He knows what he put in us, our skills, abilities, talents, desires, Uh, But there's going to be that tension as the bow is drawn back. And we hate that tension, don't we? Listen, when it comes to life on the verge, that tension lasted for decades. I don't know how many of you hunt. I've done a little bit. I haven't done it in years. But you have to wait for circumstances to align. You have to wait for the target to step into the sight sometimes. You have to wait for things to converge. And uh, it gets frustrating, man. I, I, I hate that waiting. Um, but then the time comes when everything is lined up. But the, what is required is a new level of faith to take the risk. And many of us let, things, let the fear of flying hold us in the bow. And we we will not let go and take that risk because we're afraid of missing God. We're afraid of failing. The good news is that if we have done all that we can to hear the voice of the Lord before we take that risk, we can articulate it to ourselves. I sometimes articulate when I'm taking a big risk, I articulate in writing why I think this risk is worth taking. Why uh, now is the time to do it, and if i not, if the only thing holding me back is fear, then I've got to overcome that with faith and take the risk, knowing that all things work together for good um, for those that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. So, even if I make a bad shot, God will still use that. If my motives were pure, as pure as human motives can be, um, I know. That if even where we're at today, if we're going to grow, if we're going to advance, if we're going to prosper, if we're going to hunt bigger game in life, so to speak, there's going to be bigger levels of risk and faith. I'm going to have to surrender. The word says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So when I've done due diligence to make the best decision I can, man, it's scary. It's fearful. Of course it is because the stakes are high. But I, and, and if I've said in the last podcast, we've got to visit failure and say, well, if I miss it, can I deal with that? You know? And if you're married, you definitely want to talk to your spouse. Hey, if we take this risk and we end up living, you know, in a tent somewhere or whatever, how big, depending on how big the risk is, if we lose it all, can we deal with that? Are, are we going to be more frustrated with ourselves that we didn't step out than if we fail? And so I, I I look at examples in the bible and and you know the boy that surrendered his two fish and five loaves so that the multitude could be fed that was a big risk he was hungry just like everybody else but he had to do something he had to take a risk and say okay i'll give you my lunch and jesus fed the multitude i think about the friends that took their paralytic uh, buddy and and carried him up on a roof i mean that was kind of a risk in itself but then they dug a hole in somebody's roof and dropped him down in front of jesus in the middle of kind of jesus teaching. That was a risk. But Jesus healed him because they did something. They took that risk. The woman with the issue of blood who pressed through the crowd, she took a risk. She was unclean. She wasn't supposed to do that. And she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and she was healed. Paul had to take a risk. He, he risked his very life to fulfill what God had given him to do in life. The founding fathers of the United States had to take a risk of, of their property and their prosperity to start a revolution that gave us the United States. Every entrepreneur has to take a risk if they want to grow, if they want to advance, if they want to prosper. And the cool thing is, is that God gives us permission to speak to the aim. He's He gives us permission to dream. He causes us to desire the things that are best for us and the things that are in us. He knows what he put in us. And if we'll stay close to him, we're going to desire the things that He desires for us. We're wired that way. And so we're not, like for me, I'm not going to desire to be a fire pilot, right? I, one, I despise flying. I've done it frequently. I still despise it. <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to desire that. He's going to cause me to want the things that line up with what He's put in me. Sometimes we limit it to what we already know about ourselves. But there are more things in us, and if we dig a little deeper, there are things, if we admit it, sometimes we get glimpses of our dreams, if we go all the way back to our teen years, what I would do, what I would do if I could do. And uh, and we need to cultivate that sometimes. That's what I did, uh, and lo and behold, decades later, God has released me into doing what we do full-time. I get to play music and share the gospel, and uh, it's been amazing. Um so, sometimes we can think, I just made a side note here, sometimes we can think that God chooses favorites to do special things. Well, here's the news flash: God does choose favorites. He chose Israel to be his chosen people. It doesn't tell us exactly why. He just did it, and we got to deal with it. Jesus chose Peter, James, and John to be closer to him than the rest of the disciples. And, and so, that's what the bible shows us but here's a cool thing in christ we all qualify as favorites but we must demonstrate our trust in him faith pleases god christ has made a way that we are all his brothers we're all his friend but uh, we've we've, back to the arrow being released from the tension there's going to come a day if you're dreaming of something, taking your business to the next level, starting a ministry, starting a family, whatever that thing may be, there's going to come a day when it's crunch time and you've got to make a decision. Are we, am I going to do this thing or not? I'm certainly not trying to say that that I've got it all together, man. Risk scares me just like anything else. We're, we're, we're doing pretty good at the level that we're at now and could probably exist for years like this but i, I want to grow i want to prosper i don't want to shrink back i don't i don't want to stagnate and so i'm dreaming and, and i'm i'm digging into those dreams and i'm trying to stay close to god and hear what's the next level we don't we don't need to live with a a at a frantic pace we don't need to live with a worry that we're not doing enough. We're not saved by our works. We're saved for good works, and we have many great and precious promises that we can cling to, and, and in a way, the world is our oyster. God says, step out. I'm with you. Stay close to me, and, and I will cause you to prosper even in adversity, but it's going to require risk. So how do we hear the voice of God? When it comes time to make those decisions, and we've come to that to you know crunch time, decision time. Uh, am I going to leave this job and take the next one? Is this God's destiny? And and man, it is so frightening sometimes. Uh, and I imagine if we're going to hunt bigger game in life, uh, we're gonna we're gonna visit this place again. Uh, and so years ago, I was reading a book called Life on the Edge by James Dobson. And it's a book that's written for what he called uh, young people in the critical decade, from age 16 to 26, where you make some of the most critical decisions in life that are going to set kind of the tone and pace for your life. Um, And I kind of took some of his ideas and added some of my own ideas and came up with this thing that I've covered in a podcast before, I'm sure. Uh, I know it's in my book, Thrival Mode, but I'm just going to recap it because if you're going to take a risk, this might be a starting point to think about, how do I hear the voice of God? We can hear the voice of God, by the way. That's a promise of Jesus. We're his sheep and we know his voice. The problem is there's so much distortion. There's so many thorns and thistles around us. There's so much noise around us, so many distractions that we don't hear. He's always speaking. I believe that. Uh, but we're so busy and frantic and s- just stuff going on around us. That's why fasting can be really, really important. Uh, fasting and prayer, little fasting and prayer retreats, getting away. man, God has spoke, I can think of two where Susan and I just got away and fasted and prayed for only a day uh, and then spent a couple of days at, you know, A hotel, or or some people donated a cabin to us one time, uh, when we were making some of the biggest decisions of our life, and the Lord, we did hear what the Lord was saying, and based on that, took the risk, and God prospered us. So here's the five voices, the the grid that I sort of run things through. First off, God speaks through the Word of God, through the Bible. We need to stay in the Word, and we need to look for that Rama word. Sometimes uh, I've heard people say uh, there's the logos, word of God, which is the general word of God, the knowledge of God, and then there's that rhema word, which is kind of like a word for the moment, for where what I'm going through. It just speaks to us, and uh, and as we seek God, you know, it's it's funny. Sometimes I'll start to read a chapter of the Bible. And uh, and then I'm like, oh, I've read this before and I'll start to slack off. And then, I you know, I need to finish the chapter and I'll get to like the next to the last verse. And all of a sudden that verse grabs a hold of me or a word in that verse. So it doesn't always happen like that. But understand that God speaks first and foremost, I believe, through his word. So we need to stay in the word of God. We need godly counsel. God speaks through other people around us that love us, that believe in us. And so we need to seek the counsel of people that love us and believe in us. And uh, I just did this yesterday morning. We're, we're thinking about making some new moves next year. I've got some ideas. I was on the phone with somebody that's taken a shot similar to this before, and I wanted their their input, and I'll, I'll be talking to other folks. I'll usually make a list if I'm making a really big decision. I'll make a list of people I want to talk to and get their opinion. And uh, I start with godly counsel, but sometimes the person could be a heathen that could offer me counsel because they've gone before me in this particular business venture or, you know, this idea. They've done it before and I can get some input, some professional input. God speaks through providential circumstances. Let me explain that. Providential circumstances are the things that are happening around us. Um, the people that seem to cross our paths, or uh, you know, the just things that are happening that look like they have the fingerprints of God on them. That why did that happen? You know, uh, sometimes it can be you know, all right. In in a weird sense, I, I matter of fact, I try to make all five of these voices kind of agree before I take a risk. So I and I put the least amount of weight on this one called Providential Circumstance because it's so subjective. But we were about to plant that church in Charlottesville, I think I talked about that in the last episode when God kind of started to say, not yet, and uh, Life on the Verge was actually the better target. Uh, But I didn't know that. And everything was coming together. Everything The Word of God was speaking to me, counsel was speaking to me, the other voices I'll talk about, man, everything seemed to be agreeing, we're on the right path. And one day, I was going to visit a person to get some counsel, and I took the wrong exit, went the wrong direction. I came off the exit onto a highway, and I was like, am I going the right way? And, of course, GPS wasn't what it is today. And all my, the light was green. That as I was going down this main highway, and I said, okay, well, the light's green. I'll keep going until maybe I'll see a road that looks familiar. I was in uh, an area I wasn't familiar with. The next light was green. The next light was green. I was like, yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, I got this impression, just because all the lights are green, doesn't mean you're going the right direction. Now, that's a providential circumstance to me. I didn't mean to think that. It popped into my head. Was that God speaking through these green lights? I don't know at the time, eventually I made a U-turn and went back the other way and found what I was looking for and got positive counsel from my friend about what we were about to do. But I couldn't shake that idea, all the lights are green doesn't mean you're going in the right direction. And you know what? After a time of prayer and fasting and other things happening and the Word of God and listening to the voice of the Lord, sure enough, just because all the lights were green didn't mean I was going in the right direction. God had life on the verge for us in the future, not the church plan. And so very subjective, but something to, you know, you, you people can think, oh, I feel like I'm called to be a missionary to North Africa, and I'm praying about it, and oh, look, I'm stopped at a train track, and there goes a train with a big N on the side of it. Ah, a sign from God. Be careful with that stuff, but realize that God does use circumstances like that. The people that you meet, the things happening around you to speak Uh, to you and your circumstance. Another way God speaks to us is through our own desires, if we're delighting ourselves in Him. If our ultimate pleasure is with the Lord, being with the Lord, fellowship with the Lord, bringing glory to the Lord, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. Not He'll give you what you want, it's better than that, He'll make you want what is best for you. And so you're not going to desire to do things that are in opposition to the will of God, and you're not going to desire things that don't line up with who God made you to be if you're staying close to God. So examine your desires. What would you do if the sky really was the limit? What would you do? And don't be intimidated by the big picture way down the road. You know, go, here's where I'd like to land way down the road, but what can I do in that direction Today, I, I've used. I've talked about the fact that when I was a pastor, I was frustrated. There was a lot of tension. That arrow was being pulled back. I wanted to be a musicianary to do what we're doing today, and I was writing songs because I could write songs. I can't do that. I don't know how to go out there and do that. I don't know how to launch a nonprofit. I don't. I don't know. You know where to even start. But I can write songs, and I would get mad at God. And I, I wrote a song called "You Found Me There." And I thought it was one of the better kind of old school rock and roll songs that I wrote. It's on our, uh, I think it's on our last record, Speakeasy. Um, I had no idea. I'd get mad at God because I had nowhere to sing the song except to walk around my house and sing it. But it was something I could do, something, it it lined up with my desire, but it it wasn't, it didn't look like it was going to get me where I was going, but it was something I could do in the moment. I had no idea. That, that we would record that song, that we would sing that song in hundreds and hundreds of prison events. A matter of fact, we didn't play it yesterday and I had an inmate come up to me who's been in our programs before and said, oh man, why didn't you play You Found Me There? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So let's recap. The Word of God. God speaks through the Word of God. God speaks through Godly counsel. God speaks through providential circumstance. God speaks through our desires if we're staying close to Him. And here is, I think, one of, if not the most important one in the end. Suppose that all... Four of those voices you can articulate in writing, which is sometimes what I do. I kind of write it up formally. Well, I'm going to take this risk because the Word of God says this. I met this person, this circumstance aligned, yada, yada. I really desire this. And here's why I believe this desire is pure. It's right. It's in line with who God made me to be and what He wants me to do. This last one is really, really important. And that is the peace of God. God speaks through His peace In that decision, no matter how crazy that decision may look to other people or even to you, do you have the peace of God? Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. That Greek word rule is the word for umpire, like an umpire in the Olympic Games. Uh, An umpire only blows the whistle if you break a rule, if you step out of bounds. And so in the end, and I'm sure I've shared this story somewhere, either in my book or on a podcast, but we were going to take a huge risk one time and everything lined up. I was going to leave one ministry position and go to the next. And it came down to me signing a, a, an employment contract. I had the pen in my hand. It was literally a quarter inch from the signature line, and I got a check in my spirit. All I know is I, I felt like the whistle was being blown. Wait, wait. So I, I said, I looked at the person, the pastor that I was going to go to work for, and I said, can I take this application or this contract home and pray over the weekend? And we did. And we were so excited about this move, so excited about this risk. But in the end, by, by the Sunday afternoon of that weekend, Susan and I both looked at each other and said, you know what? I don't think we're supposed to do this. And so those I call the five voices of God, and I think it's a good place to start if you're trying to take a risk. And remembering that you you, you cannot advance, you cannot prosper, you, you cannot take new ground in life uh, if you don't expose yourself at some level uh, to danger, injury, or harm. You take a risk, and you've got to believe that God is with me and that I'm acting in faith. I'm doing the best I can to make the best decision that I can make and know that even if I fail, I trust that God will cause me to fail forward. I hope that helps, and uh, we'll conclude this, this uh, series on risk. And the risk of art, you know, with the art being cultivating what God has already created and making new things, connecting new things, new expressions of things, whether it's, you know, business or or art in the sense of songs and books and all that. you, you We're just taking God's creation and we're, you know, presenting it to people for His glory and for the service of others in new ways. <clears throat> Today, we'll be headed into Northwest Florida Reception Center Annex. And this will be the conclusion of our Stirred, Not Shaken Tour 2021. Uh, We will be heading then to Virginia Beach, Virginia to meet with some donors. And uh, we'll probably pass through Charlotte, North Carolina and visit uh, my daughter and grandkids uh, on the way from Florida to Virginia Beach. I'd ask you to keep us in prayer. uh, Not today, because you won't hear this until uh, after we've done this event. But... uh, We're going to trust God for a breakthrough today in the prison, and I just want to thank all of you so much for keeping us out here in 2021. As soon as the doors were opened to the prisons, we were ready to go, and man, has it been amazing. I expect, I trust that 2022 is going to be the biggest, best year for Life on the Verge ever uh, because the system Is whoever's in charge at the top has sent the word down that we want to treat our volunteers like gold, and that's what we're considered by the prison system as volunteers. And so they have they've just they've rolled the red carpet out for us, Uh, and so we hope to bring a lot more people along with us next year. And we just ask you to continue to pray for us, continue to pray uh, about uh, supporting our ministry, and uh, hey, listen, one day. This life will be over. We'll all be dancing around the throne of God, celebrating the rewards that He has stored up for us because we did what He said to do, and we ministered to the least of these. Thank you, guys, and have a blessed week. I want to remind you that we're a completely donor-funded ministry. You can learn more about Life on the Verge at lifeontheverge.com. You can hear more of our music at theplunders.com or on any streaming service.